Hello and welcome to Breaking Ground, Real Estate Insights from Eisner Amper. I'm your host today, Yumna Assad, Director at Eisner Amper, and with us today is Nevio Mosser, the CEO of Mosser Companies and co-founder and chairman of the company's private equity business, Mosser Capital, and Jim Ferris, the CEO of Mosser Capital, which manages over $1.3 billion in assets in some of California's largest and most sought-after cities. In part one of this two-part series, Nevio will shed light on his journey to become the CEO of Mosser and will also share his unique perspective as an investor, owner-operator, and leader in the San Francisco business community who is passionate about workforce and affordable housing. Welcome, Jim and Nevio. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I will be directing my questions to you, Nevio, and Jim, please feel free to chime in. To be certain we don't miss anything on your esteemed resume, Nevio, I would invite you to introduce yourself in your own words. Great. Well, thank you um, and appreciate the nice words of being esteemed. I'm Nevio Mosser. I'm the CEO of our family-owned business, which is Mosser Companies. We've been around for over five decades. Uh, I've been the CEO since uh, the year 2000. Started off and employed now for over 37 years with the family. Uh, we've gone ahead and we operate over 3,500 multifamily residential units in the state of California, also inclusive of uh, 100 commercial and ground floor retail spaces as well. Nevio, the Mosser company has a deep history. Can you please talk about the deep roots of the business started in the 50s by your father, Charles Mosser? Yes. You know, the business was started off initially by my father back in uh, the late 50s. At that time, uh, concentrating solely in San Francisco, primarily at that time, more of a real estate brokerage company than we transition into operations. I would say that, you know, we've for several decades, probably going back almost four decades, have been a vertically integrated uh, investor operator of properties. My father had a, a say that the ID owner fattens the cow, and that was that we would always go ahead and to operate and own properties in areas that were close by or where we were able to go ahead and to spend a great deal of time working on. Over the years, uh, we've specialized in what we call uh, workforce housing, or which is naturally affordable housing throughout California. We've always tried to go ahead and to work side by side with our clients or, or what some people just refer to as tenants, but as members of our communities and how we can go ahead and uh, work together to improve not only the properties from a structural basis, but also from a operational basis, as well as how we can improve the communities in which we work. Yeah, Navio, I think it's also important to note that part of this deep history that you mentioned of investing and operating in the workforce housing business was an important part of what attracted me to develop Mosser Capital with you. The, uh, the ability for us as a group to, to work alongside a long-established entity such as Mosser that had such deep roots in the community is definitely an advantage for us as we go forward. That's really great. We know you as a leader in the San Francisco business community, including being a 20-year member of the San Francisco Residential Rent Board. Can you share your perspective as an executive and person of color in the industry in California's gateway cities in the investment community, and now personally with what it feels like our country higher commitment to equity? 
Great question. You know, our company is a primarily minority and woman-owned business and has been that way for for over a decade now. We, you know, it's always been important for us, especially within the family, is that we are active in the in our communities, uh, active both not only from a business standpoint, but also from a civic and social impact standpoint. We've, uh, or at least for myself, I thought that it would be beneficial not only to myself, but also for the city that I call home, which at the time was San Francisco, was that I'd become a more active and I thought a great place of fully understanding uh, our impact on our communities and helping promote the rules and regulations of rent stabilization in uh, the Bay Area was by serving on the San Francisco Residential Rent Board Commission. I served on that for definitely for over 22 years, approximately 24 years, but has also been active in many other civic and social organizations. And whether that's been participating on the board of directors for the Tenderloin uh, YMCA or the new Tenderloin uh, Museum or the African American Cultural Center, it's been important for us as a way of going ahead and keeping our fingers on what's going on in our improve, in our communities and how we go ahead and to try to improve the environment across uh, the, that spectrum. I, I kind of find it's that uh, talking about that you know DEI and and it's never really been you know a critical thing for us because we are minorities and you know for us it's actually this is what we've been doing since our existence uh, started by my father and or myself and then. These are things that, while they're coming to the forefront to many people for the first time over the last uh, five to 10 years, this is how we've operated for at least the last 40 years. And I know you will be talking to us more about, you know, DEI in our upcoming DEI webinar on October 20th. And I'm uh, looking forward to hear more from you about that. Yes, so am I. Looking forward to that. As a leader in the workforce housing, you must have properties in some interesting and transitional neighborhoods. Can you tell us about your resident populations and the communities you work in? Being in California and being a, a leader in, in specializing in urban workforce housing, whether that's in San Francisco or Oakland or in, in Los Angeles County, our resident populations are very, very diverse. And the communities that we work in range from lower income to high income communities. I think that for us, it's, it's why we look at specializing in the areas that might be transitional is how we go ahead and we work with our existing resident populations to go ahead and improve upon those areas. We, I would say our company with that has over 320 full-time employees throughout the state of California is very diverse and that our uh, company tends to uh, reflect the diversity other and the rich cultural attributes of the communities that we work in. That's great. And I had the opportunity to visit some of your properties. And, you know, I can definitely, you know, speak to that about, you know, like the quality, the location, and also, you know, like definitely like the operations side, you know, and the employees that you have on board. Can you talk about gentrification and how you view it as both an investor and owner operator? And how do you intend to stay on course providing affordable and workforce housing? Well, gentrification has always been a bad word in my family and for many people as well. We look at it as that there are just in the environment that we work in, it's very important to us to, we're here about to improve upon neighborhoods in the communities that we serve. Uh, We find this in that we are not, uh, with the type of investments that we do, we are 
adding to the en- enrichment of a neighborhood, whether that's the enrichment financially and or the enrichment by socially uh, in many different aspects. Our goal is not to go ahead and to, is nothing to do with displacement, but it's actually enhancement and how do we go ahead and to work in cities that have a transitional tenant basis or employment basis, provide safe, sound, quality, affordable housing. Nevio and Jim, thank you very much both for your time today. And thanks to our listener for tuning into Breaking Ground. Join us for our next podcast episode or visit eisneramper.com slash real estate for more real estate news you can use.